in Nigeria. I was hosted by a man called Pastor Anuju of CSE. And as I was ministering the word of God, an armed robber came with his gun to steal a car outside the camp. And as I was preaching about the supremacy of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit said through me, You that armed robber, I arrest you in the name of Jesus. And the man froze with his gun. At the end of the meeting, I gave altar call, and many people came out for salvation. And in the back of them was a man with a gun pushing through. And everybody saw a gun. There was pandemonium in the area. And Pastor Anu Joe, they called him, Pastor, Pastor, Pastor. He got there. He said, What's going on here? He came and called me. I first come and look at this one. <laughs> we got there, and the man had his gun in his hand. And he was moving like that with his gun. I said, put your gun down. He said, I cannot put it down. I cannot put it down. And I, I perceived that the angels had bound him. I commanded him to be released in the name of Jesus. And his hands went down and he dropped the gun. And he accepted Jesus Christ. I do not believe that we in our time have a better way to pro- proclaim Jesus without the demonstration of the power of the cross. And Jesus says, if, if unless a grain of corn falls to the ground and dies. He abides alone. We are about to see an onslaught from heaven and a manifestation that I tell you it will put you on the flying color and the, and the, and the what do you call it now, on, in the height of news of the world. There was a friend of mine in Israel. And whenever the Syrians plotted to attack Israel, he was there without leaving Israel. And after some time, the, Syria, the Syrian government discovered that there was a spy who always leaked their, plan, their battle plan. So he decided to go and arrest him live. So they sent, he sent his army, his special guard, to go to Israel and bring this man. And they came, so they surrounded the house of Elisha. And when Elisha was surrounded, there were two children of God in that meeting. One of them was Elisha, the other one was his servant. These are the kind of people you have in the church of God today. Those who know their God and those who do not know their God. And the appeal of God to the sons of men, to the heart of people now, is to call back those who do not know their God. That they may know who God truly is. The God of Christians is not a God of theory. He's a God that has revealed himself in the scriptures. By the Bible recording how he dealt with some people before us. So that we may know how he wants to deal and how he's dealing with people in this time. So that we may learn what was the, 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 uh, uh, what did those people do that caused God to deal with them in that manner. So that we also can do exactly what they did and we will encounter the same manifestation. And so... The servant of Elisha said, Master, we are dead. We are finished. That is the cry I'm seeing in Nigerian church. I'm seeing terrible fear in the eyes of everyone in Nigeria. Like a Goliath saying to their David, to the Israelites, Who will come? Who will confront us? Let him come. Let him come. If he can win, we serve his God. But if we overcome him, you serve our God. And I see the whole camp of God's church in Nigeria silent. But God will raise David of you guys. 
I say God will raise David or some of you. You know, when, when a man of God speaks, if you say amen, what you are saying is, so shall it be unto me. Hallelujah, somebody. So there are four. Elisha said, God opened the eyes of this boy. And he saw chariots of fire. He saw chariots of fire. There are some Christians who don't need to see but they believe. There are some Christians who have to see for them to believe. Is the power of God far away from the church? No. Let me tell you the difference between your dispensation and that dispensation. Elijah, Elisha in his time, the Holy Spirit never lived in man. God did not live in man. He did not have his dwelling place in man. But in our time, we carry God everywhere that we go. Are you with me now? Someone is saying to him in his heart, if I carry God, then what is the, what is the, what, what, what pro, what's the problem with me? Why can't I manifest God? The chaos of this world choke the heart of many. I want to say this to you. I just told them a new cross now. There are two people who go to university. There are some people who escort them to university. And there are some people who participate in university. But the fact is that everyone who goes to university must have to live at a particular time. Those who are escorted to university always tell the stories when I used to be in university, but they have nothing to show for it. But those who participated in university will come out of university, they have their wedding, their, their, their graduation gown, they have their certificate to show for it, they have a job to show for it, they have a hope for the future in their career. So are those who go to church. You can go to church and escort people to church and have no knowledge of the God that we're talking about. Because you have not made a move to seek him. You may be in church and all your life you are chasing shadow. Rather than being on the steering wheel. But you may be in church and make up your mind that if God will use anybody. It is me. What I want to see for everyone who listens to my voice on earth is this. If God will do anything in this world. I'm the only solution. Say after me if God will do anything in this world. I am the only solution. That's how you must see yourself. I will tell you a, a story today. Because today is the preamp to a week of power. From tomorrow, power will rock this place down. I can hear your amen. So, Elisha, therefore, pray that God should open the eyes of his servant. When God opened the eyes of his servant, you know what happened? The guy saw chariots of fire. Wow, he says. Come on, our you serious? Come over. Come on. Let's fight. <laughs> and Elijah said, it's not that fight. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. He pulled the boy in. He stretched his hand out, and they were blind. If our God did that, why can't we do the same now? We will do it. I told them in Nigeria... You know, what many people don't understand is this. When we pray for the sick and God heal them, they are excited. If with my mouth I said to the lame walk and he did, can I not say to a leg that is working to paralyze, it will paralyze. It depends on where I turn the authority. I will get there now. I remember one of our trips to a, a, a town in Nigeria called um, Ikene. On that trip, pastor was there and the deaconess... Um, um, Tiamiu was the one who carried the camera 
And we have been having fun with those who are called heads, head of Oro, head of Agemo. And God has been dealing with those areas, broke down their power, brought them to surrender. And so on the last day, they decided to kill me. We did not know that they sent a text to one of the pastors. But what we discovered was that while I was doing the minister's meeting, I began, uh, there was a rain. The rain started falling, and the rain was falling. It was heavy, and it increased and increased, and we're having flashes and thunder. All right? And it came to a time that the audience could not hear my voice through the microphone, through the speakers. And such thunder that will strike and your heart will vibrate. So I got vexed in my spirit. As I left the pulpit and I said, open the door for me. And I walked towards the door of the church. Here coming right before me was a mighty thunder and lightning. It just went all over the place. And the lightning was coming right straight towards me. And I stretched my hand and said, stop in the name of Jesus. Before our eyes, Deaconess filmed it. The lightning froze like a stick. And it started to shimmer up. And the rain ceased instantly. We went out. It was the end of it. And one of the ministers said, Oh my, oh my, oh my. Look at the text. Look at the text. And we read the text. The text reads so. We will send thunder and lightning to kill the apostle today. And the crusade of tonight will not hold. And we moved into the crusade ground. That day, God did. That was the day God installed King over that clan. Because Mama Wolo told me then that for, for 25 years they have not had a king. And I told her that before we go, by the prophetic of God, we will install the king over you. God did incredible things. And the people who have been disturbing the kingship is these so-called people. So when I mounted the pulpit, I said, it shall come to pass that the Lord will appoint a king over you within this time and next year. And then they brought a man to me. This current vice president of Nigeria was in the meeting. They brought a man to me and he said that this is the man that is supposed to be the king, but he's a Christian and the occult will not permit him. And I asked the Lord, and the Lord said, that is the king. So, Lord, what do I do? He said, go to his house and install him and anoint him as king. And we went to his house, anointed him as king over Ikene. Three months after that, he was installed. He is the king there today. Are we together? You know why I'm telling you this? I tell you what is in the scripture, and I tell you what is happening right now among you. The voice of God today to everyone who profess the name of Jesus, who will go for us? Or who shall we send? Listen to me, therefore. As we are going to the last seven days of our 90 days journey, which will begin tomorrow night, those in New Cross will be coming over here. I first want to say something to you. Don't miss it. From tomorrow night by 7 p.m., we start the last seven days to finish our 90 days of prayer. Let me say this. We are not fasting for the 90 days. Because I tell you this. I will not tell the church to fast for days that I did not see in the Bible. 
That is one of the issues, to, you know, on this trip in my minister's meeting. We had about 300 churches in Lagos for the minister's meeting. And I began to show them in the Bible. Esther fasted with his people three days only. And God changed the edict of the king. All right? Jehoshaphat fasted just one day. Five nations that surrounded him to kill him, God went and fought. Yes? You will never hear where a group of people fasted for 40 days or 7 days in the Bible. I told them, my brother in Nigeria, but you guys are fasting 100 days, 90 days, and then I'm robbery graduated and became hired killers. Hired killers graduated and became kidnappers. The kidnappers graduated and became Boko Haram. The time has come to stop all this religious nonsense. For me, God can tell a man to fast for 40 days. And that is the only evidence in the Bible. Whenever someone fasts for 40 days, it's God who talked to one man. And the man went on the journey. And he discovered at the end of the journey what 40 days was gone. There is nobody in the Bible. God said, meet me for 40 days. It did not happen in the whole Bible. Moses was running for his life. An angel woke him up. 1 Kings 19. After he got tired and sleepy. Elijah, I'm talking about. Elijah. And then the angel fed Elijah. Elijah went in the strength of that for 40 days. Moses, God said, meet me on the mountain. He didn't tell him how many days. The Bible says he was there in the presence of God for 40 days. Jesus Christ, God did not tell him to go to the wilderness for 40 days. The Bible says the Holy Spirit drove him into the wilderness. It is when he was in the presence of God seeking God, at the end of it, he recognized it was 40 days and 49 years spent. But when it comes to people praying together, maybe fast for a day, maybe fast for two days, good. Longest in the Bible is three days. Now, what I have taken you through in 90 days is rather not just fasting, but communing with God. The first 30 days, we looked at the human heart, rules of engagement, how human beings should conduct their mind so that they can operate in the power of God. How human beings can integrate their, their relationship with God as a person, not as us. And I spent 30 days teaching you. <clears throat> it's easy to work with God. It is loving to work with Him. <laughs> Hallelujah forevermore. It's an amazing thing when you hear God's audible voice. Some of you had, had such things happen to you during the last um, 80, 82 days. I'm so pleased. Some of you had open vision for the first time. Some of you had revelations for the first time. And really, I had testimony since I came. Some people had trance for the first time. It makes me happy. Amen? And so what we have done is we have looked at your first 30 days to yourself as a human being. You know, reprogramming your mind towards God. The next 30 days we looked at you and Jesus. Alright? That's what we looked at the next 30 days. And now we are looking at what? Encounters, divine encounters, encounters with God. Let me give you a few scriptures. Maybe before we, before we, I will stop, I will tell you this, that um, during, the, during the anniversary week, Monday I will be dealing with the ministry of angels. Who are angels? Who are demons? What instruction did God give to demons concerning the sins of God? How can a Christian rule over evil spirits? 
so that you are not tormented by the devil. The devil can't mess around your territory. How to tie your lion down and chain and bound him so that he can do nothing about you. I'm going to be teaching you about spiritual warfare during that week. What is spiritual warfare? What is the realm of the spirits? Are we alienated from the realm of the spirits? We are spirit beings, isn't it? So if we are spirit beings, we are, we are active participants in the realm of the spirits. Either consciously or unconsciously. I'll be, showing, I'll be teaching you and showing you about how this happens. What can a man do to be able to operate the grace of God within him? Every one of you who is born again have grace given to you. The Bible says in the book of Ephesians chapter 4 verse 7, it says that to each one, the manifestation of this grace has been given, to each one uh, that um, Jesus has given us, uh, 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 you know, the, the portion, the, the grace according to the portion given by Christ. That is talking about the ministry gifts. First Corinthians 12, 7 also says that to each one the manifestation of the Spirit has been given to profit all. So why Ephesians says manifestation has been given, all right, to each one, and it talked about the gift of prophet, teacher, apostle, and, 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 um, and um, uh, evangelist for the building of the saints. So also, 1 Corinthians 12 talks about the manifestation of the Spirit, which is the gift of the Spirit. And while, during the anniversary, we're going to be looking at how you can operate it. Everybody has a manifestation. I think another thing I'll be looking at during that period is transforming your future by prophetic utterance. We'll look into prophecy. The power in prophetic. The difference between prophetic uh, 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 declaration and prophetic utterance so that you and I can use this potential to the maximum. You know something that pains the heart of God? One of the things that pains the heart of God so much is the inability of God's children reaching their full potential on earth. It pains God has so much. I haven't put so much things in us. Alright? And looking at us, giving us the grace. Yes. Giving you the church who can educate you too. And then you do nothing. All that will, it will expire by next week. Hallelujah, somebody. Divine encounter. Revelations chapter 1 verse 1. Let's look at that quickly. The revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave to him to show his servants Look at that scripture word for word. What must soon take place? He made it known by sending his angel to his servants, John. There are two servants in that place, in that scripture. The first one says, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his plural servants. How many servants of God are here? Wave your hands up to me. As many who believe in Jesus, you are servants of God and servants of God. Can I help you understand something? Whenever the Bible talks about you, don't you think it is qualified by your activity yet? 
No, he's talking about the grace. Once you are born again, you are a servant of God. That is different from ministers of God. A servant is somebody that God sent. Haven't God sent you to some people? I was told when I traveled that you guys went out on the streets. Massive. Hallelujah, somebody. And you came in mass. I was happy. (laughs) Oh, my. That is a servant of God. That is a servant of God. (laughs) The Bible says, the revelation is of Jesus Christ, but God is the owner of it. The revelation of Jesus with God gave him to show his servants, everybody who serves him. Anytime you have revelation, it is from God, and Jesus was the one who sent his angels to show you. Even if you did not see it, see the angels behind the button. We'll talk more about that when we look at the ministry of angels. And it says here, To show his servant what must soon take place, he made it known by sending what? His angel to one messenger, servant John. Another understanding of this scripture is this. As I'm speaking to you now, each one of you, you are hearing differently. Because I stand in the position of John to speak to you the revelation of God. Some people will, it will resonate in your, in your spirit according to your needs. It will resonate in your spirit according to your needs. Let me tell you one of the things that happened in Nigeria on this room. I'm sure that is on the, also on the Facebook. There, was a, there, was a, there are two things that excited me. <laughs> there was a boy who was healed. He had this lump in his ear. He caused it boil, a big boil. And he came to the meeting with it. While I was ministering about the supremacy in the name of Jesus, as I began to pray for the sick, the same message, the same prayer, touched the air, and the cyst disappeared. He was pulling his ear like this, looking for it. It's on the YouTube. He couldn't find it. He broke down to tears. Then there's another lady who came, and she came to give her life to Jesus. You see this eye, what do you call this? Lashes, this one. It was like a mountain. Are you with me now? Like the shield of, um, of the Sabians. It went like that. And I saw the lady out like that with this long eyelashes, you call it? Longer than her eyes. And she had very long nails. And she was crying and weeping uncontrollably. And she was using... I need to try to. <laughs> I said, Baba God is dealing with this one. <laughs> I gave my hug. I want to accept Jesus. <laughs> the following day, all the mountain had been removed. It was in church. <laughs> oh, my, my, my. I said, God, this is real encounter with the Lord Jesus. <laughs> when the word of God comes out of a man, it is sent to many people. And the same word, many people will have different applications of the word 
applicable to various aspects of your life. But if you look at the next verse, it says, He who testifies to everything he saw, that is the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. What can a man do to have encounters of such with God? Look at the book of 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord were rare. There were not many visions. Look at this. The boy Samuel, that's the age of 13. This record was recorded. Ministered before the Lord under a priest. Okay? But unfortunately, in the tenor of that priest, the word of God was rare. And because the word of God was rare, there were not many visions. That tells you, and I number one, that anyone who is a child of God, if you want to encounter vision, you must be full of the word. Any place the word of God is rare, alright, there will be no many visions. The second thing is this. Now, there are two people revealed here. The boy Samuel, who ministered on the Lord, and the, boy, uh, the man Eli. Though Eli was older, but let's see the next verse, what happened? One night, Eli, whose eyes were what? Becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in what? In what? Is this cathedral? Uh, I just came from headquarters now. They told me that they are different from you. Let's read together. Mm-hmm. Listen to me. It's not a good thing for Christians to keep lying in their usual place. Those who serve the devil are advancing daily in their evil. You must not be religious in this world. You must be dynamic, not static. If a man continues to sleep and lay his head on his usual place of sleeping when others are ministering unto God. There's a distinction. The one who sleeps can only have nightmares while the one who ministers unto God can hear the voice of God. You have to distinct yourself it doesn't matter anyone listening to me which church you go. If in the church you go, you have an Eli over you who is lost from the word of God. He does not know the word of God anymore. He does not teach the word of God anymore. You can decide not to be like that. You can single yourself out by ministering unto the Lord. Sleeping in the same old place causes your eyes to grow dim. When the eyes of a man grows dim, you cannot see any value in your life any longer. In a short time, you still feel frustrated completely. When you have a brilliant tomorrow, when you are full with a lot of treasures and ability, 
But because your eyes are growing dim, you can't see what God has placed inside you. It is ministering unto the Lord that will cause the Lord to minister unto you. And then he will open the chambers of knowledge about who, what you are and who you really are. The Bible says, Eli used to lie the same place. So his eyes were weak. The next verse says, the Lamb of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. There is a boy called Samuel. He loved to sleep by the altar. <laughs> As an altar boy. He loved to sleep by the ark where the, the Bible is. All right? But understand, he himself was not taught the Bible. Because the person who should teach him just did not. He's interested in pleasure. Sleeping in the same old place. Listen to me. We can make a difference in this generation. Are you with me now? It doesn't matter what continent you live in. It doesn't matter whatever. It doesn't matter what color or creed you are. If you can stop chasing the shadow and chase the object who is Christ, it makes a great difference. So the Bible says, the Lamb of God had not yet gone out because of the ones still sleeping at the altar and seeking the Lord. Because Samuel was lying down by the temple, he kept on the, the little uh, flick going on, the little fire. Look at what happened in the next verse. Shall we read together? No, that's not correct. Then the Lord called to Alfred. I said, then the Lord called to Alfred. I cannot hear you. The Lord called to Alfred. Listen. The Lord will call to the person who has the word. The person who has the word will understand the voice audible because he has understand the written voice. If you cannot read, when you read the books of, of those who write uh, books and stuff, you can know their mind, isn't it? You know the way they construct their sentence. And if you see somebody quote them, you say, oh, no, no, he has quoted this author. Isn't it? So is God. When you know the Word of God and you read the Word of God and you love the Word of God, you will get used to how God constructs His phrase. So when the devil speaks to your mind, you say, no, no, this is not God. When your spirit speaks to you, you can say, no, 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 this is my spirit. And when God speaks, His lyrics does not change. His voice does not change. You can identify with it. Do you know something? You don't need someone to pray for you to get this. You only need to pick up the Word of God. And just fall in love with it. I will together now. It says, Here am I. Here I am. But you see, when Samuel answered here, watch out. What you're about to see. The next verse says he went to who? Eli. Some of you have been hearing the voice of God and you have been going to man for understanding. And then I, I told you some time ago that there's somebody I saw on television and says, I have the gift of interpretation of dream. A liar. There was a king in the Bible who, who had a dream in the time of Daniel, chapter 2. And he said, all of you wise men who have the power to interpret dreams, come. And they all went. Yeah. 
You want to interpret the dream of the king? The king said, now, you have been interpreting my dream all these years. You know, I praise you. He said, but tonight, I want you to tell me my dream. Because this dream is so terrible. If you tell me the dream, then I will believe the interpretation. That king was not a Christian, but he was wiser than many Christians. Because many of us, when we hear God, we go to man to help us understand what God said. You know, my own practice, whenever you come to me, that ah, apostle, I had a dream. I will tell you that, who gave you the dream? You say God. Then go back to God. Because look at the book of Daniel chapter 9 and chapter 10. All right? The Bible says that Daniel had a revelation. The vision was given to him. The understanding was given to him in a vision. And what did Daniel do? He went and fast and prayed until God spoke to him. Then he read the word of God in chapter 9 about a prophecy that should have happened to his family. And it has not happened. 70 years is over. And Jeremiah said they should be free. They are still in bondage. And he went and he saw God. And God spoke to him. Where do you take your dream to men to interpret for you? Men who cannot tell you what you had a dream, what you dreamt. How could they tell you what the meaning is? How could you believe their interpretation? You know, the standard has been set by that king. He said, tell me. And you know what the, what the necromancers said? They said, oh, well, no one, can, no one had ever done this. There is something that nobody had ever done that is waiting for you and I to do. Somebody say, amen. By the Spirit of the Lord, we will do it. He said, no one had ever done this. He said, he said well, you know, those who can do this, they are not human beings. They are, they are gods. They, live, they don't live among men. But thank God for God. There was a God among them. They did not know his name. It was Daniel. The Bible says in the book of Psalms, don't you know ye are gods? Ye are sons of the living God. Until they found Daniel. And when Daniel came, Daniel said, a king, don't cut off our heads for that. Just give me one night, man. The king said, okay, I'll give you one night. But if you don't come with that dream by tomorrow night, everybody's head is gone. Listen to me. If you read that scripture, Daniel went back home and called Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, his friends, and he said, let us seek the God of Israel. And they bent their, their knees before God one night, one night, not Hundred days of fasting. Not 40, 40 or 60 days of fasting. Listen to me. One night they went to God. Why? Because they have relationship with God. You cannot go to the one you don't relate with. No one here can get out, close this meeting and pick somebody else's wife and you are taking her home. You know, some, something will happen to you. Somebody will lose his salvation for two minutes and deal with you. <laughs> and pick it up again. <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody. Excuse me. Isn't it? For a woman to say yes to a man and I'll live with you all my life, that was a relationship. Okay? So is God. So is God. The following day, he got the answer. I want you to come to that place. It's easy. It is cheap. I want you to come to that place. You see, the fact is that when I look at you, I see something less. I see someone different. Not someone sitting down. Sometimes I'm able to read into your future. Seeing the great things God has before you, that you should attain effortlessly, only if you can turn your heart towards him. But the devil dabbled the carrots like a golden carrot, and will look at that and chase that, 
And some of us have been deceived away from the real you. Every human being has something you dedicate your life to. Every human being. At one time of your life, our dedication varies because it's seasonal. For a season, you have a particular ambition. You get that, you discover that is the minimum. And you turn your ambition somewhere else. Why ambition is good? Alright? You should not be dedicated to ambition, but be dedicated to the God who can give you life to fulfill the ambition. It will make things easier for you. I would get the now. This, 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 this guy we're reading about is, he was 13. So the Bible says, he went to Eli. <laughs> but Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. The next one. Again, the Lord called Samuel and Samuel. He got up, went to Eli and said, here am I. You called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call you. He said again, go back and lie down. The next verse, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Did you see why he didn't recognize the voice? The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Come on, man. Let's reason together. You may come to church, but you haven't known the Lord. Not salvation now, but the revelation who God truly is. I with me now. I want every one of you to follow what I'm telling you. I tell you this. I plead with you to just obey what I say. You see, there's a God that created your life all what you should be in life, he wrote it and he put it into your spirit and sent you out. Your ability to decode the spirit determines the success you attain on earth. There are people who are not born again, but they work in some principles of the Bible which enable them to decode their spirit to a limit. The only thing with them is that they cannot hinder the devil from messing them up. But there are many Christians who abandon the principles of the Word of God. Abandon the Scriptures. So they struggle. Remember Proverbs 10.5. There is an evil. Ecclesiastes 10.5. I have seen under the sun an error that proceeds from a ruler. Princes are walking barefooted. And their slaves are riding on horseback. Your time has come to pull down your slaves. Let's finish this Samuel of a man. Look at what he says. I love it. He says, Now somebody did, did not yet know the word the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The next verse says, The Lord called Samuel a third time. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here am I. Somebody will get up today and say to God, Here am I, not to man. Because see, the third time he went to Eli, look at what Eli said. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. Let me warn ministers. When people hear God and they run to you, don't tell them thus here the Lord unless God spoke. Many have been shipwrecked by ministers who wanted to play God. You know, we are not to impress you. I'm not the minister to impress you, you know. 
I only need to impress myself. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen forevermore. Yeah. No, 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 no. If I try to impress you, in a short time, you will soon get fed up of me. You will discover the truth. I will be your greatest enemy. You know those ministers who mislead people? You know, when the people are sincere in their hearts and the ministers mislead, they know what God does. He will take those guys away from that minister. He will take them to somewhere they will hear the truth and then they will fulfill destiny. Then they will come back to the guy and they will be fulfilled. It's not a good story for you. Listen to me. That boy went to Eli and then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. And then what did he say? Shall we read it together? So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down. Hallelujah. <laughs> he said, Go and lie down. And if, can you see that condition? If, can you imagine? This is the word of everyone who used to know the Lord, but they have derogated from the facts, from the word. They become Christians who will say, Well, if God, He's not supposed to say that. If he had relationship, what he would have said to the boy is that, look, go back and lie down for the Lord will speak again. Because God does not begin to speak and stop speaking until he has said everything that is in his mind for you to do. But he, remember, he is old. He claimed, I'm 40 years old, born again. I've been born again before your mother conceived you in the womb, really. I can tell you the story of how you were formed, you know. But you see this in the facts. This is how we used to do it. Calm down, calm down, calm down, they tell you. Too aggressive, too aggressive. Let me say something to you. When the zeal of God is burning in a man, it should burn higher and higher to your death. You should never have a story to tell that when God used to use me, may that never be your portion in life. It is a bad thing for someone to say, when I used to be rich. It is a terrible story to say when I used to be influential. There is a God who can raise you, maintain you, and take you high. It's not his will that we should come down again. I would together now. So he says, when you hear, if you hear him call, speak, Lord. Say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and laid down in his place, now with a different understanding, with an expectation, you know. And then the Lord came to him again and stood there. Can you imagine? We have been hearing that the Lord spoke, the Lord spoke, the Lord spoke. But when expectation was mixed with understanding, the Lord stood. I will teach you my angels. Some of the angels got assigned to me ministry. I will share with you my encounters with them. Listen to me. It makes a difference. When you know that these beings are with you, it makes a difference. But when you turn your heart again understanding, it will stand by you and show you things. You remember Daniel chapter 9? The angel appeared to Daniel and said, From the day you set your mind to gain knowledge, in chapter 10, he said, from the day you set your mind to gain understanding. Listen to me. Whatever you set your mind to know is what you know today, isn't it? Come on now, God is saying now, God has given every one of us opportunity to just, you know, know something. Now, he wants us to know him as well. So we balance the equation. 
isn't it? This is not a meeting for you to leave this place and look morose. Uh, apostle, apostle again has come. Uh, God help us. God help us, yeah. <laughs> hey! It is a meeting for you to say, well, God has given me opportunity to be successful in something in life which gives me livelihood. I will commit myself to him as well so that I can be fulfilled spiritually. That will please him. If God has pleased me, I want to please him. That is what God is saying to us today. So, tomorrow we start seven days count down. Acts chapter 2 verse 42. Let that be your memory verse before I'll stop ministering. I love God, what God is about to do in the world today. Shall we read it together? Two, Acts 2, Acts 2.42. Uh-huh. Stop. What will you devote yourself to this morning? If I ask you what I've taught you, can you tell me? Yes, you should be able to tell me. Hmm? So what do you do? Devote yourself to the apostles' teaching. Apostles don't teach theory. No, 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 no. I preach God. I drink God. I manifest God. Eh? And I show you God. So that you can follow me. They devoted themselves to apostles' teaching and to what? To fellowship and to what? To breaking our bread and to what? Did you see that? What is the first devotion? Come on, say it loud. What is the first devotion? Apostles' teaching. They devoted themselves to? And then to? And then to? And then to? Do you understand? In this house, I showed you, the Bible says they broke bread in their homes. If you read it further down to 44, that you break bread in your home. You break bread in your home. We break bread together, but it's a practice you should do as regularly as possible, possible every day. To break bread is not the duty of the vicar. Are you, not, are you not part of the day? It says they broke bread. Did he say the apostles broke bread? Did he say the pastors broke bread? It says they. They. How many are they? I am one of they. What about you? You know what I'm going to do to you guys? You will break the bread and serve me. Some of you think that to break bread is such a holy thing that your defy hand cannot do. Who told you that? Your hand and my hand, they are holy. Amen? They break bread. And you will break bread. Devote yourselves to the teachings. Devote yourself to prayer, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. So tomorrow, our prayer goes on to the last 90 days. And we are going to pray every 7 p.m. And God's willing, I saw in the calendar... That on Wednesday we are having marriage seminar. Hallelujah, somebody. So we will pray and then we have marriage seminar. We will pray and we have marriage seminar. We will pray and we have marriage seminar. Do you know why marriage seminar? Satan targets family first. Husband and wife disarray them. I was sharing with my when I was coming this way. We were just talking about people, you know. 
what the devil is doing, what God is doing. And I said to her, that, can you imagine there, two people who love themselves, and they truly love themselves. And they've been together for some years, and because of one argument, they go their way, separate ways. Do you think they are sensible? I can understand you. You are looking at me like that. I ask you, do you think that that is a sensible thing to do? It's like somebody who was in a university. He was the best student in the university. Everybody is crying about him. The last examination, he walked away. Because he fell out with the lecturer. He said, lecturer, you are rude to me. By the way, who are you? <laughs> and he left. Can you imagine that? So it is. A husband and a wife, they met together. Both of them, only God helped them. You know, whatever state they were, they were all begging to apply and stuff. And then after the application granted, they were living together. They built their home together. They grew in wealth together. They grew in understanding together. They had children together. They are no more one and two and one. But they now began to bring some people who have the right to peace and love and joy. And because they felt they disagreed one day of how many days of their being together, and for one day's disagreement, they forgot all the days of good times. Excuse me. Not only that. They now forgot the consequences it may bring to the children who came thinking they have come to a joyful place, and happy place. Who put all their life on their hands. Then they now also ignore all the future plan God has prepared for them. And they walked away. Do you think it's normal? It is abnormal. There's someone called the devil. And there's someone called God. If you can give God a chance of devotion, heaven will devote themselves to you. Let's stand up together. We're going to pray that God will give us the spirit of devotion. Let's just pray and say, God, give, give me a heart of devotion. Begin to pray in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Give me a heart of devotion. Begin to pray in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Oh, in Jesus' name. I don't like you talk to my God like that. I don't like you talk to my God. Talk to him from your heart. Father, give me a heart of devotion. Lift up your voice and begin to ask God. Don't pray tiredly. We are going to the end of our 90 days. Tear up my spirit within me. Tell the Lord, let me have the encounter of Samuel. Let me have the encounters of the apostles. Come on now. Ask the Lord, He will give it to you. Ask the Lord, He will give it to you. Ask the Lord, He will give it to you. All powers in heaven and earth have been given unto Him. Tell the Lord, I want to love you alone. I want to devote myself to you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I want to love you. I want to devote myself to you. In the name of Jesus, Father, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me. Grant me understanding to know you, the only true God. <coughs> Tell the Lord, help me to understand your word. The moment revelation was given to Samuel, God stood by him. Tell God, stand by me in this time. Stand by me in this season. Give me insight to your word. Give me understanding of your word. Stand by me, Jehovah. Tell the Lord, let me hear your voice. Let me
me hear your voice. There is no hopeless man in the world. God can restore your hope. My God and my King, help me to seek your face. In Jesus' anointed name, we are praying with thanksgiving. I want to pray one more prayer before I go down. One of the things the Lord has been showing me so much strongly, which I'll be teaching you during the convention, is this. On this trip in the crusade, God sat me down and told me that, tell my people, it does not matter how many people reject you or not. The rejection of man or disapproval of man about you cannot stop your destiny if you can understand. And he said to me, look at a man called Jephthah. He was the first son of Gilead, who was the king and the founder of the country called the Gilead. All right? And those who are inhabitants are called Gileadites. But he was born by a prostitute. He was a mistake. The father went to a prostitute before he married. Slept with a prostitute and the boy came forth. Now, though he was a mistake, <clears throat> but he came as the first son. You know, first son is supposed to be the king. And when he was growing up, his father now married other women, legitimately. And his junior brothers, he raised them, he helped them. And when they became something good, they ganged together and said, you have to leave. That you are not a legitimate child in this house. But you know, I want to pray a prayer. They cast him out from their family inheritance. And he ran to the land, you know, uh, of uh, so to, to go and hide there. But when the time came for God's ordination for him to be fulfilled, God caused trouble for his enemies. And put it in their heart. Your solution is... Jephthah. They tried everything they could. They failed. Listen to me. Because, you see, when, the, the, when his family rejected him and cast him out, it's because his destiny is not family inheritance. It is national inheritance. There is something for you in this nation that God has ordained for you. If you are visiting this house, wherever nation you come from, you, you are not If they took your family inheritance from you, forget it. God will give you and replace it with national inheritance. This is what God told me. But something with Jephthah, he was a worshiper of God. Regardless of the fact that the mother was a prostitute, regardless of the fact that, you know, the people, his own family rejected him, he, God did not reject him because he did not reject God. Look, when the time is up, God will stir up a problem for the enemies that you should rule over. And the Lord will put you in their heart, the heart of those who matter. They will look for you. I said they will look for you. I said they will look for you. You are going to pray that you, God of Jephthah, translate me from my family inheritance to my national inheritance. Give me the key to inherit the nation. It says in the book of Psalm 2, Psalm 2 verse 8, if you are with, no, um, it says, um, ask of me, I will give you nations for inheritance. And ends of the earth for possession. Ask of me, I will give you nations for inheritance and ends of the earth. We're going to pray, Father, I receive. Asking for strength and power. Whatever is in my hand now, turn into a national inheritance. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Whatever God has put in your hand, turn into a national inheritance. There is a gift inside you. There is a grace inside you.
Tell the Lord, the nations are waiting to hear your voice. Nations are waiting to hear your voice. Lift up your voice and pray. Lift up your voice and pray. Transform what you have in my hand to national inheritance. Tell the Lord, it is my time. Send your blessing upon me, upon the works of my hand. Tell God, distinct me among many. Let the name of the Lord be mingled with my name like you did to Jephthah. Tell the Lord, turn my tragedy to triumph. Turn my rejection to acceptance, to celebration. Those who rejected me will celebrate me. Those who hate me, they will lavish their love over me. The Bible says when the Lord brought by the captive to Zion, we were like men who dream. It was said among the nations, the Lord had done great things for them. Tell the Lord, turn my local inheritance to a global inheritance. In this very season, Father, we bless your name. In Jesus' anointed name we are praying. Lord, I pronounce your blessing upon all these people. May the Lord bless you. As you are going to the end of February, may heaven be open over you. As you are going into a new month, may the Lord send out floodgates upon your life. Everything you hold in your hand, may he receive the rain from heaven. And may the Lord bless the works of your hand. May the Lord bless your intention. May the Lord bless your proposals. May the Holy Spirit of God guide you day after day. May you never shipwreck before the Lord. May the power of God surround you all your days. May the glory of heaven overshadow you. May the Spirit of Mosai lift you up among the people. In the name of Jesus Christ, everyone that is said to be sick, receive your healing in the name of Jesus. I command odor, bad odor in the body to disappear in the name of Jesus Christ. I command headache to cease in the name of Jesus. People who have problems with their organs, maybe you are rotting somewhere. There is somewhere in your body decaying. I command life back to all the cells in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Maybe you have pain in your joint, maybe knee area. I command receive healing in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. It was for freedom that Christ has set us free. No longer, no longer, no longer to be subject to yoke of slavery. Cancer, I decree in the name of Jesus, be made whole. Whatever way the cancer is manifest, I command the cells to be reconverted back to normal cells in the name of Jesus. Father, we bless your holy name. Beyond all things, O oh God, may you lavish your power in these people. May these people carry your glory. Everyone under my voice across the globe right now, as many have tuned into this meeting, joining us by live broadcast all over the world, I speak that the power of God will fall upon you. Beginning from this auditorium to the ends of the earth, may the Spirit of the Most High take you over. May you be led day and night by the Spirit of the Lord. As somebody listening to me who have been suffering and been tortured by nightmares to the extent that you have been sleepless today, I rebuke the spirit that tormented you and I command your body to begin to rest. So shall it be unto you. 
In Jesus' anointed name, we are praying with thanksgiving. Keep your eyes closed, everybody. I want to ask if there's anyone here who has not accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. I want to tell you that God really loves you. It's not according to your behavior. We were all sinners. It is by his blood and mercy and grace that we are saved. Nobody is perfect before God. But you see, the fact is that a relationship can only begin by confession. If that is you, you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You want to do that? Lift up your right hand where you are, and I'll recognize that. Just lift your hands where you are. Thank you as you do that. Anybody? Yes? You want to accept Jesus Christ for the first time today? I wanted to check up, up those of you who...